Today is supposed to be a great day of celebration in the church. It is Pentecost, the day we celebrate the birthday of the New Testament church. But is it right to celebrate when a pandemic is wreaking havoc across the globe? When nearly 40 million people just in our own country are out of their jobs? Mental health issues and despair seem to be overwhelming more and more people every day. When literally right now at this moment, major cities across our country are burning. If we were celebrating the human spirit, or a spirit of earthly joy, or a spirit of human ingenuity, or some kind of other spirit, then it probably would not be a good idea to gather together and celebrate that. However, we're gathered together to celebrate the work of the Holy Spirit. Both what he's done in the past and what he's doing for us now here among us today. This is because Pentecost is not just a past event. It is happening here and now. We celebrate because our Lord has sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit creates the church, unites the church, and keeps us in the church. It is the Holy Spirit that creates the church. Pentecost marks the birth of the New Testament church, as I said. Luther gave us a very simple definition of the church. Thank God today a child of seven years old knows what the church is, namely the holy believers and lambs who hear the voice of their shepherd. Now we need to be clear, the church has always existed on this earth, even since the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. But in the New Testament, the church received the fullness of God's grace and power. What was taught in types and shadows in the Old Testament is now vividly revealed to the entire world. This cannot have happened apart from the Holy Spirit being outpoured. At this sound that is at the sound of the mighty rushing wind and of the preaching in tongues, the multitude came together. This sound draws the people in because it is the preaching of Christ that is the primary work of the Holy Spirit, whereby he gathers people from all nations into one church. And what do we mean by the preaching of Christ? This is a preaching of who he is and what he's done for you. This covers his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection and ascension, which was all done for you and your salvation. The Holy Spirit brings to you all the benefits that Christ won for you through word and sacraments. And this is why when we talk about how do you find the church, we say you must find a place where pastor and people are gathered together around the pure preaching of the word and the right administration of the sacraments. We'll hear more about that in a moment. Now it does matter where you seek out the Holy Spirit. When you go looking for the Holy Spirit apart from God's appointed means, the means that he's promised to work through, then it's not the Holy Spirit you find. It is indeed another spirit. You will not find the Holy Spirit anywhere else other than where God has promised he will be. This is why Luther called enthusiasm such a danger. Now you hear enthusiasm and you think people cheering and yelling like at a sports game or something. But enthusiasm comes from the Greek. It literally means, it's from entheos, the God within. And what Luther's talking about is people seeking God within, apart from God's objective outside of us means of word and sacraments. And Luther says when you do that, what you'll find is not God, but you'll find the devil. Don't be led astray by anyone or anything that claims to have the Holy Spirit apart from the Word of God and the Holy Sacraments. It is only through the Word and Sacraments that the Church is created, because it's through these means that God makes us Christians. It is the Holy Spirit that unites the Church. The speaking in tongues that was given on the first Pentecost 
was given as a sign of the gospel was for all sinners of every tribe and nation under heaven. God desires to bring into the church people from every nation, tribe, ethnicity, and backgrounds. The Christian church, and here we're talking church capital C, is composed of all those and only those in whom the Holy Spirit has worked the faith that for the sake of Christ's vicarious satisfaction their sins are forgiven. And this means it doesn't matter what Christian congregation or denomination they belong to. And this includes those who, for whatever reason, have faith in Christ, but don't currently belong to a church. When we're talking about this church, we're talking about the invisible church. The one holy apostolic church. The church that's hidden from our eyes, because you and I cannot see into another person's heart to know who has faith and who doesn't. But God can and does see, and he knows his own. When we speak of the church this way, we must confess that it's already perfectly united in Christ because the Holy Spirit has worked faith in Christ and all believers. Now, when we're talking about the visible church, we're talking about the local congregation. The assembly of believers who congregate around the word purely preached and taught and sacraments rightly administered. And it is the grace, love, and mercy received in and through these means that is then shared with those who are both within the church and those who are without the church. Now this next part is kind of an aside, but I think it's important based on what we just said. I've said it differently at the other two services I've had so far because it's a work in progress and I'm trying to say it right. I want to be very clear on several things here. One of the reasons we continue to hold services when so many others shut down is because of this definition of the church. If the church is where pastor and people gather around word and sacraments, you can't do that by watching a screen. You just can't. The church is pastor and people gather around word and sacraments. Now, if people choose, for whatever reason, to not come because maybe they're afraid they're going to get ill or they're in a high-risk category, that's fine. That's, that's their choice. But the church should still be open for those who want to come. I don't want it to sound like I'm being judgmental of those who decided to close. Uh, this is a weird time, and I don't... You know, everyone had to make weird decisions. I'm the only church in our LCMS circuit that stayed open during all of this. So I don't want it to sound like I'm being judgmental of them. But I want to make it clear, I think there's a real danger when we close the doors of the church for fear of physical death. Now, we can talk about it being out of love for the neighbor and all those things, and that's fine, we can have those discussions. But the impression we give when we do that is that physical life is more important than spiritual well-being. And that's just not true. We do not need to fear death. We should be wise. We should be careful. Yes. But God gathers his people around word and sacraments. And for some reason they shut down our church, then it would be my job to take it to you in your homes. Because this is what God has appointed the church to do. This is why we exist. This is why we're here. Probably a lot more than could be said, but that's probably, probably enough for today. Now there's also, I think, a great deal of confusion about what it means for various visible local congregations to be truly united. True unity is grounded in the work of the Holy Spirit through word and sacraments. We can only be fully united around the truth of God's holy word. We should never minimize differences for the sake of some kind of false unity. We should be striving to be united around the truth. 
And this often means, and this is what true ecumenical dialogue should look like, we should be arguing and debating and hashing things out as we seek to rightly understand the Bible. Now this, of course, does not mean that we cannot be friends with other Christians. That would be silly. Or that we can't work together with other Christians in town to help address the temporal needs of our neighbors here in this community. But it does mean that we dare not downplay the truth of God's word for some kind of earthly peace. True unity within a congregation and among congregations is something that the Holy Spirit must create through the word of God. We reflect this when we unite around the truth of God's word and confess together what it teaches. It's when we ignore God's word or teach things incorrectly from God's word, that is what brings division. It's not God's word that brings division. It's only through the truth of God's word that unites, because the Holy Spirit unites us through the word. So too is the Holy Spirit that keeps us in the church. Just because you are a Christian does not mean you remain one. The Bible is very clear on this. There's nothing we can do to keep the Father from creating and sustaining the world and provide us with everything we need. He is going to govern this world so that we can derive our daily bread from it, whether you like it or not. We can misuse what he gives. This is true. But we cannot shut out the work and influence of God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. There is nothing we can do to keep Jesus from dying for us and rising from the dead. It's done. He did it. You cannot take Jesus off of the cross. He stayed there until he had fully paid for all of your sins. His suffering was not cut short by the merciful breaking of his legs. As the Bible said, not one bone was broken. And you can't keep him in the grave either. He rose from the dead, having destroyed death and opening heaven for us. But there is something we can do to keep the Holy Spirit out of our lives. We can stop listening to God's word. We can set our Bibles aside. We can stop hearing the gospel. We can stop receiving the Lord's Supper. We can stop going to church. I mean, listen very carefully to the vows that Isabel and Alaric are about ready to take. They address all of this. And for those of you who are taking the vows, it's a good time to review your vows and even renew them, in a sense, by remembering what you confessed at your confirmation. Why do we ask them these things? Why do we make a big deal about this? Because the means of grace, the gospel and the sacraments, are the means that the Holy Spirit uses to call us and keep us in the faith. They are where we find the Holy Spirit throughout our entire lives. And this is why Pentecost is an ongoing event for you. The Holy Spirit keeps giving to what Christ won for you. The forgiveness of all of your sins. The Holy Spirit is with us as a living, giving Lord, a river of life from God himself, that perpetually flows to us and fills us up again and again. And that's why we constantly pray for the Holy Spirit's renewal, for the Holy Spirit's visitation, so that he will come to us as helper, consoler, comforter, and redeemer. And it's why we keep gathering here in this place around word and sacraments. If I hear one more time that the church is not a building, I'm literally going to lose my mind. Because no one's ever said that. Yes, it's a church building, but I don't know any Christian that's ever defined the church as merely a building. The building is where we come for convenience sake to gather around word and sacraments. It's also why we bring those who don't know Christ to this place. 
Because it's where they will encounter the risen Lord and the Holy Spirit. He promises to give you the Holy Spirit now, just as he did then. Is there a more amazing gift you can receive in the midst of a world that's descending into chaos than the Holy Spirit? It is the Holy Spirit through God's means that will keep you and preserve you in the one true faith, even unto your dying breath. Now we say every Sunday is an Easter, and that's true. We come to receive him who rose from the dead, bringing life and immortality to light through the gospel. But every Sunday is also Pentecost. We come to be filled with the spirit of truth who persuades our hearts of the truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit is the Lord and giver of life, and not just on Pentecost. The Holy Spirit keeps you in the faith, the one to which you were called when you were baptized. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. He comforts you with the Holy Gospel. He takes the treasures Jesus won for you, and he gives them to you. Pentecost is not primarily about speaking in tongues and miraculous signs. It's about faith. The faith that the Holy Spirit works in you by the Gospel. It's that same Holy Spirit that will send us out from here today into the world with, the glorious, with this glorious news so that more and more people can be brought into and added to the church. The Holy Spirit is still here among us, adding to the church, uniting the church, and keeping us in the church. Amen. The peace of God which passes on understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.